0: This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Dental and DSO podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Roshan Parikh, founder of DSO Strategy and an entrepreneur in the dental space. He is also the former head of dentistry for Walmart Health. Dr. Rowe, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here.
0: Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of interesting things happening in dentistry right now with technologies in the field. But before we dive into our discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, Chicago native, proud graduate from UIC's College of Dentistry. Uh, Before that, went to business school and have a MBA, also from Chicago at at Loyola University uh, in finance and marketing. I I started a you know I acquired my first practice in 2008 um, during a a historically difficult period in our country's economy and had a lot of successful. growth in that practice uh by kind of taking the you know value proposition of a what was a doctor pro-doctor value proposition and changing it to a patient-centric value proposition and you know adding specialty adding convenient hours expanding the space and and did that with a few practices had some private equity capital infusion in 2015 uh grew that uh DSO to 30 plus locations uh, now stepped away to uh, start a advising and consultancy business uh, and you know got. Um, uh, reached out to by by walmart to look at being head of dentistry for walmart as walmart health was setting to build this revolutionary multi-modality healthcare Center. Uh, includes you know, primary medicine dentistry optometry and and that was kind of for me, it was uh, the uh, personification of the Cheryl Sandberg quote, of if somebody asks you to get on a rocket ship, you don't have squat seat, you just get on. And so um, help helping them complete, you know being able to build a scalable model and plan. Uh, I was there up until last year and and stepped away to go back to the advising and consultancy world, which I'm, I'm doing currently uh, through DSO strategy.
0: Fascinating. So when Walmart Health comes to you and says, can you help us build all of this out? What was obviously your first answer was yes, but then what was your thought process and how did you really jump into from the space of being a dentist and opening these practices and managing a DSO to really thinking more globally and um, helping a large, large retailer develop out their dental strategy from the ground up?
1: Yeah, at the beginning, they, Walmart surveyed their, you know, 25,000 households and, and asked them, what are the things that, that keep you up at night and, and what are, you know, the things that if, if you had a crystal ball and could fix it, and a lot of it, three of them were around healthcare. And and so it was, you know, cost of healthcare insurance, um, cost of co-pays and cost of prescription. And so within that, um. Cost of healthcare conundrum. Dentistry obviously is something that hasn't been commoditized the same as medicine. Um, so, so when I when I came in, uh, you know, we kind of we had a working model, and you know, for us at, at Walmart Health in the early days, we were um, affectionately paying tuition to learn, and so we were, you know, we built a, a full scale model in in uh, walmart headquarters in bentonville and then built our first site in dallas georgia but even the course of you know site one going to site five site six um, dental became a larger and larger part of the 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 pnl and and so and just new patients were really flocking to dental because you know it was in at least here in georgia you can't see a dentist on Sunday unless it's on a emergency basis, and Walmart Health was the only place that really, you know, was open um, seven days a week. So, uh, from the early days of of paying tuition to learn to get it to where it's it's something that can be more scalable was a um, lot of fun. Something I'm I'm proud to have uh, played a small role in.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's fascinating to hear about how that all started and obviously now to see where it's growing. Now, from your vantage point, what are the top two or three emerging technologies in oral healthcare today?
1: Yeah, I, you know, when I think of when I started at Walmart Health, there was no uh, talk of, of, you know, no thought of, of COVID or pandemic or an endemic. It's it. I, I, I now, especially after my time at Walmart, I think about, uh, accelerated by COVID, I think about the patient experience and the consumer experience really blending together and becoming one experience and, and the, you know, the consumer experience is already uh, far, far leading the way compared to healthcare uh, or patient experience. But I think the patient experience is going to play catch up. You know, like I think about um, uh, Walmart or Amazon that you have, you know, you've, they figured out, Amazon figured out a way to make it where instead of three clicks, now you can have something, you know, you can order something with one click. And, and that for us as consumers, that simplicity um, is, is unbelievably complex on the background, you know, on the, in the back end. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's for the first time, there's a, a venture fund for beer partners that exclusively invest in dental startups or oral tech. Um, so if you take all of that and and kind of you know follow follow the money of of where um, private equity continues and, and institutional capital continues to invest in dental and, and PE backed DSOs, um, I'd say the three technologies that you know I'm excited about. I don't know if they're all you know emerging, but but maybe just will become more and more pronounced. Uh, as we look to you know come out of the the pandemic or endemic, uh, I think one of them is uh, the three would be computer vision, credit card processing, uh, and the kind of you know teledentistry clear liners, uh, or or kind of remote monitoring with clear liners. Those are the those are the three that I have.
0: Absolutely, I think that's so interesting to to think about and see different offices. Obviously, a different spaces and in terms of implementing some of these and how their approach is but like you said from the DSO side of things it seems that there is investment in trying to figure out how to further um, treat the patients and make sure that they're at the center of care and really make things more convenient for them. Um, When you think about especially some of the um, aspects around the credit card processing the clear aligners and those kinds of things, how do you see that really expanding? Um, I, I know some of the DSOs have invested in that in particular, but for all of the dental offices that aren't currently consolidated, are those things still possible for them as well?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I I think that if I'm, you know, if I'm a a, a more traditional private practice, I I there are a lot of these technologies that are um. Possible to implement in your office, you know, like credit card processing, for example. Uh, I see in the next 12 to 18 months, I, I don't think that there will be a credit card terminal or like a proverbial um, Susie at the front desk that you, you know, you come go see Susie and and let's you know check out for the crown or or do something. Everything your you know your iPhone or your Android is going to be your credit card terminal. And that level of convenience um, already exists. So I, I think that for a private practice, you can implement these technologies inside your office. And it's just more, you know, for a private practice, I encourage a lot of the private practices or practitioners, I know just you have to flip the value proposition to the patient and think about like, if I have... If I got a a, a tooth pulled and, and had a bone graft done, do you really want to stop at you know at the front desk and, and see Susie and and make a thousand dollar payment after you know you've gauze in your mouth and you're drooling or something? You know, you wanna, I mean, you wanna go home. I and mean, I, I think that, that like thinking about it from the patient standpoint versus just turning more of a blind eye. I, I think that that's something that you know when you look at DSOs and institutionally backed groups they it, they look at dentistry and they've looked at it for the last twenty years. It's such a cottage industry that they they can invest some small amount of capital or professionalize it or make it a little bit more the experience a little bit better. And there's a lot of financial arbitrage that's that's there for them. So I I would encourage private practitioners to kind of you know, flip that value proposition to the patient side and see what it means from their lens versus just your own.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And from your perspective, are there any other ways that practices can scale up using oral technology?
1: I look at, I mean, you know, the way that we're communicating today over Zoom, that teledentistry um, value proposition. I, I think that. It, the money value of time has its 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 highest value. Um, and I think that people, families are, are valuing their time at home. They're spending more time at home. They look at um a hybrid work environment. They look at teledentistry or telemedicine as an acceptable way to, uh, you know, see for their for their kid to get checked up for a potential ear infection. So it, if they're doing it in medicine and it's accepted in medicine, I, I think that um, you know the way in dentistry to think about it is is we we have to get to a point where uh, payers uh, have a, a billable code that sticks versus you know just in 2020 to be able to um, let providers know that teledentistry is 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 okay because you saw like in you know in 2020 the utilization of teledentistry um, really went sky high. And, and now in 2021, it's really not um, not being done as much. But I, I think that if you're doing a post-operative check, a retainer check, or, you know, initial clear liner, ortho consult, I, I think that patients, um, a lot of times, especially adult patients, uh, I think that they would feel more comfortable doing it at home or just as comfortable. But again, it kind of comes down to taking the value proposition from the provider side and flipping it to the patient side.
0: That can be kind of the mantra of our discussion today is really thinking about things from the patient's perspective and, and trying to make it a great experience and easy for them. I really liked your analogy earlier in the conversation as well and thinking about how you know patients um, or people are now used to just figuring out how to get things in one click and how to bring that to healthcare and dentistry as well. It just seems like a huge puzzle, but also an exciting challenge.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it's, you know, there, I think it's, uh, if, if we, you know, there's that old adage of like, either uh, you're a part of change or, or, or change happens to you. And I, I think that we as uh, providers really should think more and more not as like this consumer experience and the healthcare experience is, is um, it is, is being two different things. We should really want to see it as the same, because I think that when you look at um, different generations, you look at, you know, baby boomer and Gen X or Gen Y, and then going to Gen Z, like it, you're the loyalty of providers and and sticking to the same person that they're, they're thinking about it more from their own convenience versus the actual loyalty and adherence to the provider. And I think that you could be an, an early adopter of that theory being true, or you can wait for your you know patient population to, to continue or active patient population to continue to erode and then say, Hey, what should I do to get more new patients? I, I think that that for a lot of uh, you know, for a lot of healthcare, I think that that writing is, is on the wall and the, the convenience, you know, the younger generations definitely emphasize um, convenience over, over anything.
0: Absolutely. I, I think that is definitely what we're seeing across the board. Now, before we wrap up our discussion, I had one more question. What are you most excited about for the future of dentistry?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, yeah, I was the first dentist in my family. And now there's uh, four more of us. So I, I feel like I have a, uh, um, maybe a moral obligation. And maybe my mom tells me I have the obligation to, to leave it in a better place. I think the future of dentistry is really bright. I mean, I, I probably don't have enough <laughs> fingers and toes to count everything I'm, I'm excited about. But I, I just, you know, maybe it ties up to our, our whole discussion and above. I think I'm, I'm excited for how an overall better patient experience in dentistry. Um, and, and just, I'm excited for more and more providers to kind of embrace technology uh, to be able to support that. You know, the you look at the, the great resignation and I think that if you're down two front desk people, the thought, immediate thought is is, I need two more front desk people and I'm I'm short too, but maybe now I hope that more and more providers will embrace technology so that maybe you only need one more um, front desk person and you don't need the, the, the second one because there's technology to help support it. That will help the, the patient see a better uh, experience. You know, I, uh, I think that for far too long, dentistry has been a, a, a distant, cousin, uh, I'd say to medicine and it's really, uh, now's the calling to, to try and, uh, really close that gap and, and to, you know, the visually put the mouth back into the rest of the body.
0: Well, Dr. Perry, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion. I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: Yeah, same. We'll have to see each other in Chicago. Absolutely. Take care.